my greatest lessons come from when things failed and I figured out the why and no one else could have told me this was going to come. Like I just almost had to be in the burning fire. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Okay, let's just take a moment here. It's impossible to get referrals without putting yourself out there all the time. It's really difficult to have a community when you're doing the work by yourself. It's also hard to stay up to date when you're just one person and digital marketing trends, platforms, technology, and strategies change all of the time. And it's no fun having to do lead generation for your business when you'd rather be doing billable hours. So I have a solution for you. Come join my digital marketing work group. It's a tight community of freelancers, virtual assistants, digital marketing specialists who are all up-leveling in their skills, getting advanced trainings, applying for my job ops, and becoming digital marketing specialists and managers and strategists. This is an online referral community for both skilled and up-and-coming digital marketing service pros and virtual assistants. We've shared over 800 jobs with our community. We'd love to have you too. If you need client work, if you need a squad behind you, if you need help raising your prices, promoting yourself to the next level, this is the place to be. You can apply for the work group with the link in the show notes. We'd love to have you. Back to the show. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Emily Reagan, a fellow freelancer. I've been doing this work since 2009, and I am all about making you informed educated, keeping up to date with the marketing strategies and learning the techie tools to take it back to your clients, to do your best, because we actually care. We care about our work. We cannot help it as service providers because it's our reputation at stake. Every time you do a client's project, I'm not saying give in to people pleasing tendencies and like cross all of your boundaries, but when you are on the clock, you're giving it your best. And one of those ways that we can go above and beyond is by learning tools better and being systematic and organized about it. So in part of this content series that we're doing right now, I want to talk about Canva. We're talking all about Canva today. FYI, I put my affiliate link for Canva below. If you don't know what it is, please sign up and use it. You can get the free version, start playing with it. And if you decide to upgrade and do the paid one when you start taking on clients, when you want more of the features available, that will count toward my commission. I get a very tiny commission, but I appreciate it. It helps pay for Canva for myself. I have used Canva since 2013, just like my guest today, and it has been a lifesaver to be able to give someone like me who's a hack at Photoshop and InDesign to be able to design graphics, to be able to design lead magnets and PDFs and workbooks and event cover photos, sometimes email signatures, I don't know, all kinds of things. Now Canva is changing, it's changed so much, you can even do some audio and video in there, and I just love it to death. It is a requirement for the digital marketing assistant to know of Canva, be able to whip out a quick graphic, and do the bare minimum. And you also need to know Canva to promote your own business to create the marketing assets you need to be visible and attract clients. My guest today is Brenda Cadman. 
a Canva verified expert from Prince Edward Island in Canada. After spending more than two decades supporting businesses with their website development needs, she now focuses on teaching entrepreneurs how to use Canva more efficiently and effectively. She has taught thousands of business owners through her courses, and she loves to help business owners tame their hot mess Canva accounts by creating an organizational system that ensures they can spend less time in Canva and more time doing what they love. This is important for you as a digital marketing assistant because you're going to ingrain yourself into what your client is already doing. But chances are nine times out of 10, they are not organized and they don't have a system. And this is your opportunity to shine, to be the indispensable unicorn who does go above and beyond, who's thinking ahead, who takes initiative and can help organize the Canva. And that is why we're talking about that today, because I know you care and you want to do your best, and I don't want to see you just designing things haphazardly and not filing them away. I mean, we all make mistakes. We all get distracted and walk away. So there's a lot of training on Canva. The best tips I have are for you to go in there and play with it. Inside the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School, I share marketing assets, but there's a reason I haven't templatized your business. My course is not about templatizing and doing things that you can easily Google. Go into Canva and look for portfolios. They have a ton. I don't need to give you one, but I can teach you what needs to go in there so you can outshine your competition. That's all what a unicorn is. It's more about the copy that's on there and all of that we cover inside the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School. But play and try it out. Some of my earliest Canva projects, they were all Pinterest pins. You all know I started in Pinterest marketing in 2013. My original client was Jennifer Allwood. My first project with her was a design project and I didn't have Canva. So I had to outsource it and get a friend to do it, which was really frustrating for me. I had a pirated copy of Photoshop that I was afraid to put in my new computer. So I hired out a friend who actually had the right software to be able to design this media kit. From there, designing that media kit, which by the way, we have a training in the work group. If you want to know how to do this for clients, you can go grab my training. I've done this a ton for influencers and designers and bloggers. I was diving into the Google Analytics to be able to write the media kit when I realized that Pinterest was a big traffic driver. And I went back to Jennifer and I said, what if we did this on purpose? And I started taking over her Pinterest. At one point, I had like 12 different Pinterest clients. Canva had come out. It had made my life so much easier, but I was not organized from the beginning. I have spent way too much time doing what Brenda talks about, searching for the thing. And I still do trying to get better with my nomenclature, I am going to take some of Brenda's tips and immediately apply them with these higher level folders. If you can take charge, if you can show your client that you're organized, you are going to open so many doors. And this is how you get out of assistant level onto manager level. If you have any kind of real job, if you have a brain, chances are you don't want to settle for being an assistant for long. It's a great way to get your foot in the door. But if you can go on to the management side of things, if you can be thinking and adding strategy, if you can be thinking about the next steps, you will ingrain yourself in the team and you will be completely indispensable. It's the essence of a unicorn. You're irreplaceable. You're highly coveted and you have a rare skill set. So if you have any hint of organization, own this. Brenda talks about how she does these VIP days where she comes in and just organizes for clients. She's a former closet organizer, so it makes total sense. This is a skill. But first, you need to understand marketing, business, how clients are really operating so you can see the higher picture and help them with these type of services. And these services come 
with time. You don't just start out with a VIP day without anyone knowing who you are. You need to start with the clients at this ground level, assistant level, and move up. Use the clients you have now for this practice. The cool thing about this content marketing series is there's going to be so many different paths for you to take. Everyone's is going to be different. And I encourage you to own into what makes you a unicorn. What is your sweet spot? What are your soft skills? What makes you different than the next person standing next to you raising their hand for the job? And freaking own it. Own it. Not all of us have the gift of organization. It's true. Not all of us have the gift of follow through with detail. So you own it if you have that. You can absolutely be hireable, employable, desirable. We just need to get you getting the work and getting the experience. So if you're listening to this episode and you're thinking, yes, 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 I do all of this. I'm already playing in Canva. I'm already helping my clients with some of this. Please, will you apply for a digital marketers work group? We need you. We have a ton of jobs. We'd like to refer you. There's so many different opportunities for you to do creative, analytical, project management, implementation, so many different opportunities. Plus, you'll get the community, you'll get us cheering you on, you'll get advanced trainings, we can dive deeper into how we organize and do things for our clients behind the curtains that people aren't talking about. This podcast is just a little taste of what happens. So if you're loving it, come apply for the workgroup. You want to nerd out on marketing? Apply for the workgroup. I hope I see your name come through. I got to ask Brenda a few major questions today. Loved how she coached us on how to get organized. And if you take anything away, it's be consistent with your naming conventions, with your folders, be systematic, and just create awareness around it to do it. I love when she said, when you know better, you can do better. And like I said at the beginning of this podcast intro, we're all just trying to be better. We're trying to be your best because we care. All right, let's jump into this episode about Canva organization with Brenda Cadman. Hey, Brenda, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here as part of our content series, telling us all about Canva and how to get our act together and get organized. Tell everyone hello, a little bit about you and where you're from. Well, I'm really delighted to be here. I know you and I have been chatting about doing a topic like this for, I think, a year now. So this is really nice that it's finally happened. So I am a Canva verified expert. That has been my business for about four years. The title came much more recently, but I've been teaching Canva for, I guess it was 2019 is when I started, but I actually ran a website development company for over 20 years and just retired that in September. So September, 2022. Yeah, we're 2023 now. But that was a business I started in January, 2000. So I've been doing this online online business thing for a really, really long time. It took a long time to be willing to let that go so that I could actually switch gears and focus entirely on this. And I just kind of fell into this, this particular area because I had joined a program about courses and I was looking to build a course about how to you know, create a more effective website. And that is not what anybody in there wanted to know about. They were all asking me, not a single one. I know website security and backups are not sexy, but they are important. (laughs) But nobody wanted to talk about that. They wanted to know how I was creating my slide decks and how I created that lead magnet. And there were a lot of questions about Canva and I started answering them and then realized very quickly that, you know, when they said, is this what your course is about? Yes, it is. 
And that really was a, you know, the start of a completely different path. So that's kind of, you know, the shortened version of how we got from there to here. Oh my gosh, how fun. And how perfect because the episode that we had last week was about ICA research and customer insights. Ah. And you just did that. Like I see so many clients who go off on this tangent, this side road, creating a course nobody ever wanted, right? And I've helped them launch those courses knowing it was going to be a failure. So I'm so glad you like stopped (laughs) and you listened to it. Well, so that program was in 2019, but I had started creating courses in 2014 and didn't sell a lot of them (laughs) (laughs) because I was creating what I thought people needed as opposed to listening to what they were asking me to teach them. And that is the same mistake that so many people make. And even those of us who've been in business for two decades, we fall into the same traps because we know what we want to teach people. We know that we can help them. But if they are not interested in learning that from you, they're certainly not going to pay you money to learn how to do that. So I think sometimes getting your ego out of the way and just sitting down and really listening to what people are prepared to pay money for to learn from you is going to be really critical for the success of your course. Oh my gosh, what a good side lesson. I know that's not really related, but it is kind of cool to know that you have this background to, it's not related to Canva, but you have this background in website development. Can you tell us how that started? Did you have a degree for that? Did you have training? Like, Tell us about that. So I may be the only person you know that has run a website development company that is not a website developer. (laughs) I'm not a developer at all. I don't build websites. I ran a company that built websites. I had a team that did that. So somebody mentioned this the other day and I never thought of it this way, but I guess maybe I did have a strong, I've never considered myself really much of an entrepreneur. I was kind of dragged into it because I had a hand injury and I could not do the administrative role that I was in. It's really hard to sit down and you know be the office administrator for a tech company when your hand has to be bandaged up and can't oh my really be properly moved. Yeah. So I started thinking about what do I actually want to do? And I got pulled into a couple of different things. I was a professional organizer for a period of time. And then, which kind of dovetails nicely into where we yeah. are now, back to my roots. You know, I've always loved the internet and websites and coordinating, planning website projects. I just didn't want to be the one building them. So I, you know, ended up in a business partnership and she took care of that. And then we hired people. And eventually I just found myself in a position where I was running a website company because I was very good at figuring out what needed to go on it and pulling all the pieces together. But somebody else was doing the actual building. Oh my gosh. I love that story. And that shows people because so many people in my audience are like, but I'm not techie. You can hire and work with people to help you. You can outsource. You can also just not do that for the client, right? Exactly. Exactly. And there's huge freedom. I loved doing it, but I'm so glad to not be doing it anymore because those Friday night calls that somebody's hosting has gone down and you need to get in there and figure out what's going on. I don't have those anymore. I don't wake up to an inbox of, you know, unexpected troubleshooting. Every day I wake up, I just know the things I want to work on. And uh, there's a a real joy and freedom in that that I haven't experienced in a very long time. But I'm happy to refer all of those projects to the developer I worked with for 15 years. She can have those. That is so relatable. (laughs) I mean, I've been on the phone with GoDaddy. I've been trying to restore the Mm. website, not really knowing what I'm doing. And 
I love what you said about the unexpected troubleshooting. It just eats away your time and then you feel like oh, you've lost huge. control. Yeah. Nope. Not interested. I want to regain control everywhere I can and letting go. That was a big part of it. Yeah. And I think this is good for anyone listening. It's just that clarity comes with experience. It comes from doing the work, getting involved. I mean, I always have to hammer that one home, right? And making mistakes over and over and over until you learn the lesson. (laughs) I mean, my greatest lessons come from when things failed and I figured out the why and no one else could have told me this was going to come. Like I just almost had to be in the burning fire. Yep. Okay. Walk me back to when you first learned about Canva and like what was going on. So that would have been... It was either late 2013 or early 2014. It was in their very early days. This was before there was a paid version of it. And I had left a business partnership of about eight years at that point. I was going to go out on my own again. And I took with me one of the employees. She just became a contractor. She was doing all my graphic design. She was doing website design. She was doing, you know, creating all of my materials because I needed to use Photoshop in those days. And then she decided she wanted to go get a full-time job somewhere and she wasn't going to be freelancing anymore. Great. I was very happy for her, less happy for me, because now I have to figure out how I'm going to create my social graphics. How am I going to create my checklists and various things that I needed because I was not interested in picking up InDesign or Photoshop again. And I don't remember who told me about Canva or if I had just seen an ad for it or what it was, but I started dabbling around with it. And this is a very different, very, very bare bones version of it. The functionality that we have now that I think a lot of us take for granted, there was not one snippet of that in the original version. And I still remember what some of the graphics I created looked like, and I cringe now. (laughs) But (laughs) when you know better, you do better. And I started dabbling with it because I needed a solution in the meantime while my former graphic designer was no longer available and I needed to find somebody else to replace her. And what I quickly found is that, oh, I don't need to replace somebody to create all my social graphics. I still need somebody to create my core brand materials, my logo, my color palette, the the visual brand kit, and certainly, you know, website design and things like that. But I don't need somebody to be creating an Instagram post for me. This tool is going to let me do that. And I started playing with it and learning. And when they rolled out Canva for work in 2015, I signed up because I quickly saw if I'm creating multiple versions of something, I'm either going to have to start from scratch on every single one of them, or I can use this fancy new resize feature that comes with their paid version. And I just started using it. It became a really integral part of my design process, my marketing process. And I didn't realize in 2019 when I started getting asked all these questions that a lot of people were not as far along that learning curve as I was. And suddenly I was looking back and actually had you know, this vocabulary, this understanding of how to use this platform that most people in my position did not have. And I'm told I'm pretty good at explaining how to use it in a way that doesn't feel like I'm talking down to you, but still gets the point across without going on too long. Although the fact that I'm blathering right now might point in that direction. But I think sometimes you get really close to something and you don't understand that you have a capability in something that other people don't have. So just stopping and listening to what are they asking me on a regular basis just as such a clue to where you might actually have some value to add that you didn't realize. Yeah, it was just, you know, five years of playing with a tool 
to the point that it became a really regular part of my process and then started sharing that knowledge. So my gosh, I love that. And I love that insight too. It came easy to you, but we both know graphic design is not everyone's forte. It's not their wheelhouse. And to be fair, figuring out how to use the tool, the components of it came through experimentation, Mm -hmm. understanding how to design with it. That's a longer process because I'm not a graphic designer. I had a background. I probably had more understanding of some of the principles of design than the typical business owner. But again, we talked about the fact that sometimes you have to make the same mistakes over and over and eventually you learn. Same thing with design. Eventually, I started learning how to use the tool a little more thoughtfully and intentionally rather than just grabbing whatever color or font suited my fancy in the moment. So I started, you know, about when you did too, a little bird told me about it. And I have to say that functionality and the organization of it has really changed over the years. Huge. Yeah. So one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you today, I'm always trying to find ways to make our unicorns better, to be more organized, to take leadership, to take ownership, and really wow their clients. And the Canva organization is like a real problem just with my Dropbox, <laughs> just with my Google workspace. But I had yep. Canva from same time, 2013. And it was a freaking nightmare because for a while there, we had no folders. Naming things was difficult. Like put it, you were limited in the quantity because sometimes I try to keep things together that are similar. And so can we talk about that a little bit? Because you built this whole program and this whole masterclass about teaching Canva organization. But walk us through this. Like, why is this important? Like all of the good stuff. And it's funny. I can't remember my Canva account before folders. (laughs) I am trying to remember what that experience looked like. And I think it's scrolling. It was scrolling. It was just (laughs) scrolling and scrolling. And I think I've blocked out those dark, dark times. But it it has improved dramatically, even from when they first rolled out folders, because there were still a lot of limitations in terms of how deep you could nest them. You could only go five levels deep for a while. For a long time, you could only create two custom folders on a free plan. You had to be on Canva Pro in order to be able to create unlimited folders. They got rid of that limitation, and now everybody has the same access to organizational capabilities, regardless of whether you're on a free plan or a pro plan. There's a couple of little differences in terms of like storage allotment and how many items you can have in a folder, but they aren't really huge limitations in terms of getting organized on the platform. But in terms of why it's important, I I do think organization is one of those things that falls into that important but not urgent until you're really looking for something specific that you need right now and you know you created three months ago and you cannot find it, suddenly the urgency is there. It's really easy to put off. It always feels like there's something that is more pressing to be done. I think you have to feel the pain a little bit in order to understand the importance and the tangible benefits and costs of organization because It's not just about saving time. It's about being able to have more clear focus when you're working on projects. It's about being able to have a more efficient team because you might know where that thing is, but if your team doesn't, you are the bottleneck in the process. It's about reducing stress and frustration because you can't find what you're looking for and you end up scrolling, scrolling and you know, going down that rabbit hole of trying to find that one thing. And by the time you find it, you probably could have just recreated it. That certainly the time savings is not 
something small. We all are wearing so many hats in our businesses. And if you are actually in the business of creating content for clients, like most virtual assistants are probably going to have some level of having to create content for their clients in Canva. You need to have some sort of system so you can turn things around faster for your clients. That way, if you want to be able to take on more projects and get your work done faster and be able to scale your business, then this is going to allow you to do that. Now, I always like to add the caveat that I am not an advocate for getting more stuff done so you can do more stuff. I'm not about the hustle culture, but if you want to be able to turn things around more quickly, if you want to be able to increase your capacity and do things faster for your clients, then this is going to be really critical. So there's a lot of reasons that organization is not just a nice to have. I think it's pretty fundamental to being able to run a successful business. Yeah. And I see that from the client side, like the clients who usually haven't had their first hire before and you get in there and you start with them and it's a mess and you don't want to ask them a gazillion questions, right? You want to be very purposeful when you do and finding shit is a real problem. I mean, yeah. this in my own business. I'm a big black kettle, like trying to like get everyone on the same page with like naming conventions and yeah. storing in Google Workspace is like a huge problem right now. We're working on it and our Canva has gotten better, but I, I see that so much. And I also cannot stress enough the marketing assistant who can get in there and just like take the reins without asking. It's like that surprise yeah. and delight factor. Like I was building a quiz, a case study landing page. It was a very like built out. It was pretty much a long form sales page. And I just made an effort to put all of those little graphics because we have like the mobile version, the desktop version in one folder. She was so happy with me because it's just that like a little extra like attentiveness and detail that instills trust. And I just want my unicorns to do that. I want them to do that without like thinking about it, like make that part of their MO. So what are some of the mistakes you see with Canva organization right now? Honestly, I think, I mean, there's there's a lot of them. All of a sudden, all the ideas came rushing at me. (laughs) One of the things I'll see regularly is folks are using folders, but they have so many folders at the top level that they might as well not bother with folders because they're still having to scroll through three gazillion folders. So understanding how to create a a filing system, a, a hierarchy that actually works that breaks it down into digestible chunks. And I think this is where there's some overlap in my experience having done website development, running a website development company for so long is thinking about the navigation in a website, for example. If you give somebody 3 million options, it's just absolutely paralyzing. You're not going to be able to know where to go because there's too many options available that you're having to process every single time you go on there. Same thing with folders. If you have 25, 30, 35 folders on your projects page, you're having to do way too much work. So chunking it down and maybe not having more than eight to 12 at the top and then new subfolders, you can nest folders down 10 levels. So it's just going to give you a way to funnel down and find what you're looking for. But you do have to take some time to really think about what am I creating in Canva on a regular basis? How am I using this? What sorts of categories, high-level categories, can I chunk things down into so that it's going to be easier for me to find the thing and funnel down? So for example, you may have a folder called clients at the top. You don't need to have all your individual client folders at the top level. Have a clients folder. Mm -hmm. And then within that, you can start breaking it down. Maybe then your individual clients are listed under that. And within each of those client folders, it's broken down into subcategories 
from there. You may have a social media folder at the top level. Maybe you have one called freebies or lead magnets. Maybe you have one called, you know, presentations. I want to see people creating a an image filing system as well. So you should probably have a photos folder at the top. Stop storing everything in your uploads folder. You're never going to find it again. (laughs) You're going to re-upload the same image 10 times because you can't find it any of the other times that you uploaded it. I do digital storage organization VIP days. So they used to be just Canva organization days, but I had one client, actually it was Denise Duffield-Thomas, who asked me if I would do Dropbox organization. So I'm doing Canva, Dropbox, and Google Drive now. But the point is, I get into people's accounts. I have been in the uploads folders of businesses that literally have upwards of 2,000 images in their uploads. And you want to bet how many times I see the same image over and over or the same set of brand photos over and over. And you do have a lot of space within Canva, a lot of storage space, but there is an upper limit. So let's make sure we don't get anywhere near it. <laughs> talk about like the urgency when you're maxed out, like with my Zoom account. Yeah. And I'm like, crap, I have to go delete recording. Exactly. And trying to get on the podcast with Laura Belgray. Like you don't want that. <laughs> exactly. And it's just, it's not the most efficient way to use it. My point on that is you want a folder for your photos as well that again, break down into categories. Maybe you break it down by source website or theme. So it could be thematic. It could be color-based. It, however it works for you. But you do not want to have a ton of folders at the top level because again, you're just going to be scrolling. We, we want to get away from scrolling. Oh my gosh, yes. I'm just thinking I have a folder for logos that I repeatedly use in some of my trainings. Like the, I don't know, Zapier logo that I'm always using or like interact. So I also have a folder for my podcast guest and I get so angry with my team and I know my marketing assistant is going to listen to this when the podcast guest is not in the right folder because later I might be trying to go create a graphic real quick, like on the fly or like a story And then I'm like, where is the stupid headshot? And I'm like, if we could just like put it in the right spot, then everyone just will be just less stressed out, really. And, you know, one thing that happened, too, is I got all new headshots. And I did this for my clients, but I got all new headshots. And I'm like, I just wanted my team to just upload them for me in the headshots folder. Like, let's think about this. If you keep asking me for them why don't you go ahead and do that? <laughs> like, yeah. put them all there for us. And upload them into that folder right from the beginning. Don't yeah. put them into uploads and then have to move them over later because you're yeah. giving yourself one more step, which, yeah. I mean, you know, you can do, but it's going to take more time. And chances are it's going to be one of those, I'll get to that later. And then we're back into the organizational pit of despair that uploads is on yeah. a regular basis. And you were talking about the difficulty of wanting to go in and find, you know, have your team get it into the right place. On the flip side, side, often what I'll hear is from business owners who say they know where things are, or they just use the search field and they know the terms to bring it up and get it easily so they don't need organization. And what I'm here to say is your team doesn't, (laughs) they don't know what to look for. You are the bottleneck. You are creating a problem for your team. They want a structure to follow as well. So I think Everybody wins if there's organization. I know it's tedious and it seems boring, but it is so valuable and it just makes everything a lot easier. 
Hey, I'm going to stop right there and interrupt you. If you are listening to this podcast and you are thinking, yes, I want clients that will value me. I want to be involved in writing projects and marketing projects. If you are a marketing freelancer or marketing assistant, I'd love to have you in the work group. Our enrollment window is open right now for a short time. So get your applications in. This is a community where we have job leads, networking, advanced trainings, and the community and the support and referrals you need to hit your business goals. We'd love to have you. Use the link in the show notes to apply or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash workgroup. All right, back to the show. This makes me feel so good because I teach this in the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School. I'm like being intentional with the naming convention and yes. mentioning Dropbox and Google Drive. Like it continues And my team for, you know, three years, it was like me and Deb just like running and doing everything. So it got messy. And now I'm in that growth stage of business where we're having to go back and do that and be more systematic. And sometimes I feel very, I'm just going to be honest with you, like I feel very guilty. I wasn't that organized from the get-go. And I'm like, but I also had to make choices. Now I know moving forward, like if I just like have a system and I do it moving forward, it makes everybody's life so much easier, especially like the untitled Google Doc. Like, where does that go? You know, (laughs) and time to go back and like file them away so it doesn't like add up. And that's why so many people don't because it's already it feels so overwhelming. Things haven't been named. There's, you know, untitled. There's copy of XYZ. There's, you know, the Final, final, there's the uh, version one, version two, version three. There's, you know, copies of templates from Canvas Template Library still has the original template name on it that has nothing to do with what you've used it for. Or there's a whole bunch of abandoned templates that you thought you might use that you never did. It's really easy to get bogged down in it and just feel like you don't have the bandwidth or the energy to deal with it. That's probably the biggest reason that I hear from people who want to be organized who haven't done it is I look at what has to be done and I want to cry. So I'm not going to look at it (laughs) and it doesn't get better. But there are ways you can handle that, even if it's just creating a folder system that you use moving forward and then you slowly chip away at it over time so you don't have to do it all in one fell swoop. Nobody's saying you have to sit down and carve out a week to get everything clean. Take it in bite-sized chunks. It's really important though that you, you create something moving forward and then create some sort of system, whether it's weekly or monthly, to maintain that system or you're going to end up right back in the same spot. Yeah. And I think we just kind of, to bring it all together, this should be part of your onboarding. I know we get Canva access you know, we get added yeah. to the team or whatever, but maybe just having that conversation with your client, like, how are you using this? How can I fit into what you're doing? Would you like yeah. my help being more organized from here on out? Yes. Getting that permission to do more work. I mean, if someone on my team asked me to do that, like, yes, please yeah. go for it. Because it's like on my dream to do list at the very bottom. I mean, you should see my, I'm like, I'm the worst. I'm so calling myself out right now, but you should see <laughs> my desktop right now with the screenshots. And I know I talked to a productivity coach. I know it should just be part of my, you know, end of work, like take all the screenshots and put them in the trash or file them in the right spot. Like if you're stalking Facebook ads, go put it in the folder. But I, you know, get interrupted at the end of the day. The kids come in, they start fighting and then I get up and walk away and that just doesn't happen. Yeah, no, it happens to the best of us. (laughs) I am not immune to that either. You're right though. It does make you really, it makes you an invaluable addition to somebody's team. If you're able to go in and say, I can clean this hot mess up for you. Before I went out on my own, I was in administration and 
every office I was in, I tell you, their filing system looked very different by the time I was done with it. And that made me a really valued member for them. They did not want me to leave because I had the capability to go in and get everything to be more efficient for them so they could do their jobs more easily. So if you can do that for your client, you can even, uh, one of the little things I teach in my Canva course or in my Canva organization course is there's a way to actually make all those folders look real pretty too. And that little element of surprise and delight, I've had virtual assistants follow up with me afterwards and say, I went in and I did that for my clients and they are thrilled because it looks not only is it more organized, it's beautiful and it's branded for them and they just feel so taken care of. So little things like that make a huge difference. I do. Oh my gosh. My Asana, I'm thinking my Asana board right now, when it looks pretty, when we've got like yeah. the cover photos up there and you can just, your brain can quickly like see what it needs to see and then go into the place it needs to go. Oh my God, that makes my heart so happy. And I know a lot well, of our clients are creatives and visionaries and they see like a spreadsheet, they like they see data and they get overwhelmed. So anything you can yeah. do to make it like more appealing and the word is pretty, really, they want pretty. Well, and it's going to make them actually want to use it. And at the end of the day, if they're not using what you've created for them, why are we doing this? So if you can do little things that are going to make them actually want to keep it looking organized, that's going to benefit everybody. Yeah. And I have to just state like the obvious here. So I have had a lot of clients over the years and I've used Canva for a lot of things. So I have a lot of client folders right now, but being able to quickly go into my client's projects and knock some out. So I mm -hmm. have done Pinterest marketing like my, since 2013 and I have like my client's Pinterest organized and sometimes I work in the cracks of mom time. Like I have worked during nap time, during lunch, when they're eating and they're happy. And I'll just log in and do stuff real quick. I don't really advise that, but you got to do what you've got to do when you're starting out. And so being <laughs> able to find that Pinterest folder where all of my pins are, like a certain style of pin is here and here. Uh, just the way Canva has changed in the last couple of years has saved me so much time. Much like OneTab, my favorite Chrome extension that like lumps things together. But I just can't stress that enough because we're context switching so much. We're usually juggling right. different clients. We're juggling home stuff, pets, family. And the quicker I can get started and like put my brain back to where I was, the better. So I love that. I love yep. that you're teaching. This. Will you go, go ahead and tell everyone about your masterclass too and when that's happening and what's in it for them? Well, that masterclass is actually happening tomorrow. So by the time okay. that this goes out, that will have passed. But given the signups for it, I'm actually starting to wonder, there's a possibility I'm not going to have enough room in my Zoom webinar. <laughs> it's something people are interested in. And I may end up doing this training again live at some okay. point. But I do have also an evergreen Canva filing cabinet challenge. So if you just want something to walk you through kind of some basic steps, there is a five days, just little email prompts to walk you through a little process to start tackling your organization. And if you are looking for something a little more step-by-step, -step, there is a Clean Up My Canva course. It's a very small course. It's a very quick course because I'm not about to suck your, uh, we're, we're looking to be efficient here. I'm not giving you hours of lessons to watch, but it walks you through the process of getting organized as well. So lots of ways, lots of information okay. to to learn how to kind of get moving here. And then you just figure out how to make it part of your own daily routine, weekly routine. 
I love that. So if you want to look out for the masterclass, follow Brenda over on social on her Facebook and you'll yeah. get but that challenge. Sounds amazing. Sounds like that's something every one of my marketing assistants should be in. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Okay. I have a big question for you. What oh, do we okay. do with all of those folders of clients we no longer work with? All right. So one of those top level folders you're going to have, you're not going to have tons of them as we talked about, but one of the folders you're going to have is one called archive. And within archive, it's also going to have subfolders. So you'll probably have an archived clients folder in there and you're going to move them all in there. Because if you do keep all of these archived clients in your active, you know, in progress folders that you're accessing regularly, it is going to clutter it up again and it's going to make it hard for you to find the folders of the clients you're actually working with currently. So that needs to be part of your not your your regular weekly updates, but you know, scheduling in time for a bit more of a, a periodic deep clean, deep organization of your a reorganization of your account is worthwhile because you, that's when you go through and you move all the stuff out that you don't need anymore. You determine if there are folders that are missing that you might need to add and reevaluate your system and if it's working for you. But those client folders, if you're done working with them, keep them for reference, but get them into an archive folder. Yeah. I never delete anything because I never know when I need to want to show what I did. Maybe I use it for portfolio when I want to like copy something quickly. So I love that. And then that can also be part of your offboarding checklist. Like move the shit out. (laughs) Yeah. Move it to the archive. (laughs) And another way you can break that down as well is if your brain works more in kind of a timeline fashion, you can break your archive down just by year instead. I've had clients who that they don't want to break it down by category. They just want to break it down by year because if they know that there's something in there from 2016, chances are if they haven't needed it in five years, they will just be able to get rid of that at, at some point in the future. And if you do it by year, that's going to make it easier as well. Oh, I like that. Kind of like, you know, the taxes, you only need to keep so many. Exactly. Like, All right, folder, I am getting old. Exactly. <laughs> we get to throw you out. Oh this God, is interesting to look at, but we really don't need it anymore. Yeah. So, Although yeah. sometimes I really do. I didn't tell you this, but my first Pinterest pins before Canva existed, I would design on Picasso. I don't know how I did it. I just knew I needed something. They're hideous. They're hideous. (laughs) And it would go viral on Pinterest. But like looking back, I'm so embarrassed. Somehow I made that work. But it's it served a purpose. It served. Listen, I'm sure they didn't feel hideous at the time. (laughs) We work with the tools we have. It was so so empowering to be able to do it myself, not have to invest in InDesign or Photoshop and to be able to just do the marketing work for my client. And at some level, I'm like, okay, now you need a graphic designer. Now you might need a logo designed, but or you might need the branding specialist, like you said, to put it together. But if you can hand me those templates, then it's just it's so nice. And I talked to a friend who was a graphic designer and she was talking about the resistance she had to Canva at first. And then yes. she realized like it's actually great for sharing. It's great yes. for empowering your clients to take what you've done and like go with it and stop bugging you too. It is not a competitor for graphic designers. It is an opportunity. It's so complimentary. I mean, yes, you can create logos in Canva, but there's a lot of limitations that come with that. We're not getting into a licensing discussion today, let me tell you. (laughs) But I mean, if you're just starting out and you need to create your own brand kit, you can. But ultimately, what you want to find yourself in a position is you want to be working with a 
graphic designer who's going to create those components for you. They're going to create the logo, not just a logo, probably multiple logo variations. They're going to help you decide on your color palette and your fonts and your hierarchy of your fonts based on who your client is and what's going to appeal to them and what your brand personality is and all those things, all those factors that go into deciding that. But then they're going to give you all of those components because they know you're they're not going to be the person that's on call to create every single social graphic that you need. And I'm sure the majority of them would like to make sure that if you're going to go create your own content, that you have the brand assets that you need in order to continue to make that brand kit look as good as possible and the way they envisioned. So I think there's a real opportunity for graphic designers who not only understand the role that Canva can play, but embrace it and offer some services in terms of helping you know their clients get set up on Canva, set up the brand kit, give them all the various elements that they're going to need so that they can go forth and create beautiful things. But I don't want anyone to ever think that I'm saying, you don't need a graphic designer. Canva's got you covered. <laughs> different roles for yeah. different marketing goals. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And I love that so much. Okay. So my one of the things my VAs really struggle with is the Canva account. And I'm wondering what your best practice is when it comes to, do you have your own? Do you sign in? With oh, yes. Email? Do you get added to a team? Like what is the best way, especially thinking longer term with a business that's growing and going places? Like what do you suggest? I mean, to some degree, it depends on the, the specific situation. There's not one a one size fits all kind of solution. But I do think that Utilizing teams really is beneficial because then, you know, if you need to let a team member go for some reason, not that any of your listeners would be let go, but you know, if there is a separation, if you're no longer working together, it's just a much easier thing to separate. However, there's also then the issue of if you created a lot of content for a client while you were logged in as their team member, there is a process now in place that when you leave the team, that those designs can be reassigned to the owner, but you have to make sure that that happens. And also not everybody leaves a team on kind of the best of conditions. <laughs> and if somebody chooses not to reassign ownership, then you're really, it's problematic. I would like to see improvements from Canva in terms of switching ownership of designs while somebody is already on the team. I hope that's coming. I don't have any in intel on that, unfortunately. But most business owners may not want to be assigning, giving their login to a host of different people to be able to log in. Because when you do that, they also have the access, they have administrative access to change things. Yeah. So I, I do think of the options available, being on a team is still probably the most clean cut way to manage it. But right. then you need to make sure whoever is sharing content with you understands how to put everything in the folder and share the folder to the team to make sure everybody can see the same things. Yeah, like that's it. That's it's a little messy still. Yeah, that's a whole nother battle there too. Okay, so here's a, a personal question for me. I have a lot of students share their portfolios, their one sheets, their resumes or whatever, and then they're just like permanently stuck in my Canva. How do I like get rid of those? I mean, I love providing this service. It's like a, a bonus to our consultation calls and whatever, but like they're just stuck there. And I know. Yeah, the shared designs graveyard. Um, <laughs> you you can't. We all have one, and okay. you can't. You you can't do anything about it right now. If you had any idea how many times those of us in the verified experts community have said, 
for the love. When are we going to be able to delete things that were shared with us five, six, seven years ago? <laughs> makes me want to give um, up. <laughs> I know. So you you can't, but what you can do is on the projects page, there's a filter at the top where you can display what you want to see. If it is set to show everything from all owners, you're going to see everything. There's an option there as well to just see what's shared with you. And then those are all those templates. But if you change it to just show what you own, mm -hmm. then you're only going to see your designs if you're working in there. But yeah, it's annoying AF. And <laughs> I hope there's a solution in the not too distant future. I have an arm's length list of organizational improvement features that I would like to see that I have shared with them <laughs> on a couple of occasions. And I'm hopeful that at some point we will see at I least mean, a few more a of those roll out. Of making changes. And sometimes I've have. had those thoughts like they should do this. And eventually they do. I think one of my favorite is the background remover. The yeah. rulers, the grids. What have been some of your favorite recent changes and updates? Well, I'm so grateful Layers is out now. <laughs> I know that one didn't get huge fanfare at Canva Create, but for me, that was one of the most kind of game changers as far as my, my process because I think a lot of people, when you want to get to something at the very back of the design, in the past, you had to break the design sometimes to get in there. Now, if you just... If you've got your page open and you just click on position, you'll see that there is an option there. There's two tabs now. There's one that's a range and one that's layers. And you can see all the components and you can just move it into the position that you want. So if the gradient over top of the background is in the wrong place, you can just you know quickly move it into the right place without having to touch the elements, the other elements on the page. Layers is probably of the most recent updates, I think one of the biggest game changers. And the AI stuff's really cool. But for me, I'm always thinking about how how am I going to actually be able to improve efficiency when I'm working in here? Because it's fun to design. It's fun to go down that Canva rabbit hole. But you have too many other things to be doing. So anything that shaves off a bit of time consistently here and there is something that's going to get my seal of approval. Yeah. And I haven't played with that too much. We have a little a training in our work group about how to like mass produce some like quote blocks and whatever. But you're right. Sometimes I just want to do that kind of creative work, but sometimes mm -hmm. it can be really stressful just to, it can depend what kind of like mode you're in, right? Like if you're trying to force writing and you're not in the writing mode, it could not work. But all the templates they have, the fact that you can just really shorten up that work time and like know confidently, especially if you're new, this is a good design. Other people have used it. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. there's so much power in that when you're new. Because I know I know a lot of my digital marketing assistants, some of them are like, I don't do design. I'm like, that's okay. You don't like, have to. Able, yeah. Be able to push out a quick graphic for like a Facebook event or whatever. But, you know, no one's expecting you to create like award-winning Facebook ads right now, but be able to like do it. And I mean, Canvas Template Library has come so far in terms of just the vastness of options that are available to you, certainly for social media graphics. But you're right. I think folks need to take the pressure off themselves. You don't have to design from scratch. You really shouldn't be designing from scratch unless you know exactly what you're doing, because unless you have experience in design, you're probably not going to have experience understanding things like contrast and hierarchy and white space and, you yeah. know, all these design principles that the folks who have not only submitted designs to the template library, but gotten them approved because there's an approval process that they have to go through. And it's pretty stringent yeah. as far as what Canva uh, approves. There's usually quite a backlog for Canva creators in terms of getting their designs signed off on. 
And there's a lot of stuff that is rejected for various reasons. So if it's in the template library, it's already gone through that process. And you okay. you just need to understand, though, some basic foundations of, okay, has the brand kit been set up? How do I consistently apply this client's brand kit to a template in order to make sure that it doesn't feel cookie cutter, that it does feel uniquely branded to them, that I'm not introducing colors and fonts that are not on brand for them because that's going to be visually cluttered and confusing for their audience. And just, you don't have to be a designer. You just have to understand how to choose templates that are going to work for that customer for that client's branding and then how to apply the brand kit to it. And that's just practice. Yeah, it is. It is practice. And I think this is one of the reasons, this is one of the reasons I don't give a portfolio template in my course. I show examples, Mm -hmm. but I want my students to go out there and do it and implement it and practice. And if I just give you a template, we all end up looking the same, which is not on brand for me. I'm all about being a unique unicorn. And you have to go through that messy startup phase of like, you said figuring out the layers because you're going to be doing that for clients anyway. So I do see this couple templates that are given out in other courses and they're not even like that good anyway. You, you really need to, <laughs> you need to make it work for you ultimately and be yeah. able to show your clients that you can do that. This is the best situation. Like Canvas skills to me are just a must. They're a must right now. Yeah, I don't think I know of any business owner in my circle at least that doesn't need those skills. Yeah. Whether it's them doing it themselves or them hiring somebody, you at least need to know how to get in there and create some basic content. So, I mean, it it's the good news is that it's all doable. It it there's a bit of a learning curve, but I think Canva, while they have a tremendous amount of features that can feel very overwhelming, I think once you get in there, it is reasonably intuitive to figure out how to pull these things together. There's no shortage of resources out there to help yeah. you when you get stuck. Yeah. Well, I love that you've carved out this niche and you know it so well. So if I have recommendations like how to make emojis show up when I export, can I like pass that on to you? Uh, Emojis, (laughs) I wish those worked. I understand your frustration. I had included a whole lot of them in a a PDF once and then realized, oh, crap. That would be (laughs) They're not working. There are other solutions, as I'm sure you have figured yeah. out, but that one, come on, let's get some emoji support. Oh my God, my favorite. <laughs> you should totally do a reel like this, like screenshot other people's like Instagram carousels and you see the block. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you should just have fun with that. Like Somebody oh didn't double check this. Yeah, double check your export. <laughs> Rookie. <Yep. laughs> exactly. Before we wrap this up, I have another like major big question about okay. the ability of Canva to do websites because I feel like this is going to solve oh, yes, a lot yes. of new marketing assistants who don't want to go all in with the WordPress, you know, five hundred dollars okay. site. So what do you what do you know about the website function and the subdomains? So here's my position on Canva websites. Okay. I think that there are specific use case scenarios where it makes sense. But in my humble opinion, (laughs) as somebody who ran a website development company for a few years, (laughs) it is not a substitute for an actual website development program, whether that's WordPress or a site builder like a Squarespace or Gosh, there's no shortage of platforms out there. We're not going to list them all. But the reality is that Canva websites does not have a lot of the functionality that I think is going to be really important. You're not going to be able to have 
multiple pages. You're not going to be able to incorporate list building. So you're not going to be able to get ConvertKit or ActiveCampaign or MailChimp or something embedded on there if you're doing list building. You're not going to be able to have contact forms directly on it. You're not going to be able to have analytics or pixel it or have any additional kinds of code in it that you should be having. There's a lot of limitations where, I mean, there's workarounds. You can have just buttons that link to a separate landing page to sign up. But at that point, you're taking them off site. And I think you could force it to work, but I'm a big believer in using tools that make sense for the outcome you're trying to achieve. And this is a good starting point. I think they're beautiful. I think the responsive support on them is much better than it was in the beginning in terms of how something renders on mobile versus desktop. I know when Canva websites initially came out, one of the first things, because I was still running the development agency then, one of the first things I was looking at is what is the speed of these? How are they loading? You know, from an optimization standpoint, it did very well, which is good. But there's still a lot of limitations. If you are doing a quick landing page, a portfolio website, a presentation for a client, if you don't need those functionality pieces and you just need something that is beautiful that you can quickly put together, I think it's a solution. But if you're looking to, you know, is this something I can use for my business website? I would suggest looking for another tool at this point. That may change down the road and I will, you know, if it's ever a real competitor for the builders out there, I will be the first one to put a video out singing its (laughs) praises, (laughs) but we're not there yet. Yeah. I think it's a good stopgap, short-term solution. You need a website up, like a single page landing page as a freelancer. Exactly. Yeah. Because that exactly. does stop people when they're early on and they've invested in a course and now they need to do this and this and this. Like that could be something that they like invest in a real website later. So I am very much of the mindset of progress over perfection. And I don't want people to think, well, it's not the ideal perfect solution for what I'm trying to do. Get started. Get something up there if, if this is going to help you get that website up faster. If you are brand new to your business, 100%. But it's not a long-term solution and there are just limitations to be aware of. Okay, awesome. Well, I'm glad we put it out there. I haven't played with it too much. I started to go down that rabbit hole and I'm like, stop, you don't even need a website. I just wanted to see how it works. Oh, oh. but there are beautiful templates for it now. And they, I mean, I've dabbled with a few of them and looked at them and thought, there's got to be something I can use this for and teach yeah. people how to use it for a specific purpose. And I think there is, but yeah, that I'm always putting on that developer hat. So. Yeah. Well, and most <laughs> the non-developer developer hat. Yeah. And most so. business owners, like you said, we need Google Analytics. We need our pixel yeah. tracking. We need our Pinterest domain in there and our tag manager. So it, it doesn't make yeah. sense for like most of us, but you know, cool. Oh my gosh, this was so fun. I feel like I could nerd out about Canva with you <laughs> like a whole other hour and just talk about things I love and don't love. But I think this is really helpful. And just thank you for sharing your wisdom. I want to encourage all oh, of the unicorns pleasure. listening to go sign up for Brenda's five-day challenge. Would you tell us what the link is so we can sign up for that? It is brendacadman.com forward slash filing cabinet challenge. Even easier if you, you want any of the freebies. I have an everything page. If you go to brendacadman.com forward slash everything, you will see all resources available on that page. Okay. Where's your favorite place to hang out right now? If anyone on, wants to- Online or? Mm-hmm. Okay. I was going to say Mexico, but that's not what you're asking. <laughs> 
I have a, I mean, as far as my own stuff, I have a Facebook group. We're just about to hit 10,000 members. I think that'll happen this week, which is amazing. And that's the How to Use Canva Facebook group. So howtousecanva.com will take you to the Facebook group. But uh, I have a not well-used Instagram account as well, which I will hopefully be tackling again. Yeah, in the not you too know, distant can't future. be everywhere. But hey, okay, that's cool to know about the Facebook group. So everyone go join yeah. that too. That's like so awesome you're doing that. I'm glad you are educating people in this space, helping business owners get their act together in their like small little <laughs> digital corner that like we're in every day. So thank you. Thank you. It was so fun connecting and we'll see you over online. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. If you love this episode, please hit subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode. We are continuing the conversation about content marketing, and we're going to be going on the next couple weeks all about YouTube, social media, Instagram, Reels. It is going to be good, and it's going to help you do better with your marketing services, know more options, things you can offer, and where you could possibly niche down the road. So, Go ahead and give us a five-star review, tag Brenna and I over on Instagram, and make sure you check out her goodies, the Filing Cabinet Challenge, and her free Facebook group. And if you are in the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School, go watch your graphic design training. I have a bonus from Aino Horsma about graphic design. She's a wonderful branding course. We don't necessarily need it all, but I know we'll help you get the graphic design basics. I also have a freebie training over in my free Facebook group. You can find the link below in the show notes, or if you're on Facebook, just search for Emily's Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant Lab, and I'll pin Ino's training to the top. You can find it in the guides. She has a 10 tips for Canva. Just know that Canva's always changing, always new features. I think one of my favorite ones is being able to do lines and change the thickness. I mean, like how dorky is that? I love the lines. I'll see you next week on Unicorns Unite. If you want to start earning income as a digital marketing service provider or digital marketing assistant, you only need your laptop. You can tap into what online business owners really need help with by downloading my top 10 most requested tasks. These are the services I did for years for my clients behind the scenes. You can take this download and apply it to your own business and start by offering these very same services. If you want to niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash services. When I'm recording and I just like I highly sentence. doubt that. <laughs> well, I'll just like forget my sentence. If you answer the question that I had coming and then I'm like, whoa. Oh <laughs> I'll throw you off. What's more likely is that this thing's suddenly gonna go woo and fall down and we'll have to yeah. adjust in that moment. It hasn't happened in a couple of podcast interviews, but there was one time where where oh my gosh. yeah. I had I'll, I might have a cat at my door too. He's like, "What are you?" Oh, I, there's two out there, and they're they're snoozing right now. But as soon as they wake up, that's it. What oh, do we okay. do with all those? <laughs> I told you that would happen. I told you, you I would it. whack my windscreen. <laughs> I'm just glad that was in a cup of coffee, and it went all over your keyboard.